everybody. Welcome to the PC Perspective Podcast. This is episode number 518 being recorded October 17th, 2018. I'm Alan Malventano. I'm Jeremy Halstrom, dude. I'm Ken Addison. And there's, um, there's, there's Jim. We've got there a Jim over there trying there's to make people up people over there. <laughs> you know, there's an Alex and there's a Stormtrooper uh, trying to... Is he is he doing like is he in the back of a jeep right now? Is he doing the sure. team, is he doing the Team America signal that you're supposed to come and pick him up? Is that some sort of Fortnite dance? Uh, I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm not a youth. He's really bad at doing the YMCA. <laughs> <laughs> he's just, really bad. Yeah, the the record started skipping at at one of the letters, and he just he's been that way all night. When I did go to get dinner tonight, I went to uh, Pyology, one of those fast pizza places, and I was waiting for my pizza to come out of the oven, the brick oven, and. Uh, it's like this little three-year-old in line flossing to whatever music was playing in the restaurant. Oh. You know, the dance from Fortnite. Flossing? Yeah. What? You have a child. You should know this by now. No, I do not let him. I'm a good parent. Well, he doesn't, I'm he doesn't like let your child floss. <laughs> I'm, an, I'm, an, I'm an adequate parent, but I do have a limit on Fortnite. You don't let your kid floss? <laughs> I floss. Ah, I, I, yeah. I'm playing on the entendre. I don't, I don't know. I, have, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> there's no right answer jim no no answer is safe i'm a good parent i'm in full denial <laughs> well of course okay anyway uh welcome to the podcast folks um let's just rip through the intro thingies here uh pcpro.com slash subscribe did we have a mailing list thing go out nope did, no oh well uh if you Shame, can if you go there and you subscribe and you give us your name and your email address you might get an email uh, before we start streaming, uh, yeah, I need to like make a recurring calendar, like a recurring reminder thingy. Yeah, yeah, uh, it's on the calendar, not on mine. Well, oh. it needs to notify him also. Like, and uh, we also send that uh, out when we have folks in studio and recording other things on streaming, not just uh, not just the Wednesday night thing. Um, Patreon dot com slash pcper is where you can uh, help us keep the lights on. Uh, one of our goals is a thing I'll be doing tomorrow, which is, uh, recording the PC per mailbag. If you're listening to this live, I suppose, uh, I don't know. When do you post this thing? Friday morning. Friday morning? Mm-hmm. You recorded on Thursday, so Friday no, morning. No, no, no. This thing. Oh. This, this thing. Thursday morning. Thursday morning. Okay. So, yeah. uh, if you're listening to this early or if you're listening to it live, uh, you can reply to my tweet where I was asking for mailbag questions because I'm the one doing the mailbag tomorrow. So storage-related, preferably, uh, you know. But if not, maybe I'll throw it in for funsies. Oh, boy. I had, some, I had a few oddball questions coming already. Might, might field them, you know, just to make things interesting. <sighs> now, Next you up, make everything interesting. I, I try. Listen, you know... I used to teach nuclear electronics troubleshooting. You have to try to keep things interesting because my class was like three months of nothing but that. Eight hours a day. Sounds like my hell. I had to keep it interesting just to keep myself (laughs) interested. Yeah. Anyway, uh, what do we got next? Hey, mailbag. Josh did a mailbag last week. Uh, I haven't watched it yet. I need to watch it. Is that the one you were talking about where it was comic relief stuff was in there? Yeah, I, you did I, the funny, I put a few zingers. You did the funny things? I only yeah. caught the zingers as you were doing your editing, but I, I, I need to like 
listen to the whole thing. Yeah, we missed a few weeks. I apologize. I got pneumonia and then, like, you know, I'm not robust enough to recover quickly. So we were almost a month, I think, we missed yeah. getting it up. But uh, back on track. <laughs> Couldn't get it up for a month. <laughs> no. <laughs> Sounds like a personal problem. Uh, there's no Josh here to turn purple. <laughs> what are we going to do? Josh is covering an event in case, like, we haven't said what was going on. He flew out from his already remote location to yet another remote location. And I think he was being chased around by one of those robotic dogs. Yeah, no. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure I saw that on Twitter. Yeah, the, yeah. That yeah. dog that creeps people out and opens doors and everything. It and was like dances ten... to Bruno Mars. Yeah. Absolutely it, terrifying. It was like 10 feet from Josh's face. I talk in moonwalk. I, I know. Maybe maybe it and Josh got in like a, a moonwalk uh, <laughs> like dance off or something. Maybe. I'd pay good money to see that, actually. Anyway. Let Josh know. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Maybe maybe the maybe the dog also wants some, you know. But isn't this robot learning from its environment? Like constantly I, I, receiving food? Do we want and to Josh is in the Josh? environment. I mean, I don't well, know. Well, if we let it hang out with Josh, <laughs> then it won't take over society. That's true. It's true. It'll but pick up we, all of Josh's bad habits. But we get really into bourbon and scotch. It'll yeah. be busy like playing racing games. Yeah. Like, I want to see that dog, games. like, with a racing yeah. wheel. And, like, I, I, I don't pedals. see any way it's going to end positively for society. Oh. <laughs> anyway. Uh, I love you, Josh. I'm sorry. Speaking of Josh. He won't listen to this. Uh, speaking of Josh, joshtech.com uh, is where you can get to our merch store. It's actually teespring.com slash stores slash PC per. Or the Teespring. If you're boring, yeah. it's that. If if you're a boring person, yes, you'll do that whole thing. But joshtech.com redirects you to the merch store. Uh, what? Uh, when are we doing the? When are you doing the sale? When Whenever the the first podcast where Josh posts his wheel review. Oh, so okay. Plug Josh on Twitter to okay. get his wheel review yeah. done and posted the website. So not this and one. Then I will give a discount on Josh Tech merch. Um, maybe next week. Mm-hmm. Maybe. I don't mean it should be by now. I thought he was like almost done with it. I've been almost done for a month or two now. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anyway, um, next up, might as well jump into the reviews. So, uh, Ken. Ken's been busy. Ken's been very busy. Uh, he has reviewed yet another. Wait, no, this is the first one, right? First yes. 2070. Okay. RTX 2070 review. Uh, EVGA card was the first one that he picked. We have a few yeah. around here. Lots of 2070s piling up, as yep. it turns out. Yep, yep, yep. So, how was it? So, there's not anything really radically different about this launch. Still, same Turing architecture, just kind of pared down. This is the T106 GPU, which you traditionally see on, like, the 60 SKUs. Like, the GTX 1060 was the first uh, GP106 GPU. So, again, kind of the theme with Turing is sort of kind of charging a little more for the same level of GPU as the previous generation. So we've seen kind of everything creep up a little bit in price. Right. Which is, which is less than ideal. Isn't it a little bit less so with this one, though, compared to... Mm, not really. Not really? Okay. So uh, I didn't know, like, if this one seemed a little bit even above... Like, so if you're comparing a 2070... So so, so we'll, we'll get to it. But okay. uh, kind of the big thing about this launch in particular is that in, NVIDIA didn't really send out the Founders Edition GPUs to... 
most people, they send out to a couple outlets. I've seen reviews on, like, I, I know a non-tech got one. Right. But instead, what they did is they essentially had their partner sample cards because their partner cards ready for this review like there were for the uh, 28 and 28 ATI. However, remember that whole starting at price scheme for these Turing GPUs? Yeah. That was $200 cheaper on the... 2080 and 20 ATI, or the 20 ATI and $100 cheaper on the 2080 and 2070. Wait, cheaper? Yes, the starting at price. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, 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 was cheaper, cheaper than, than the Founders Edition. Cheaper than reality. Was cheaper than the Founders Edition. Okay. Uh, we actually have some cards hitting that base price now. Uh, what is the base price for this one? For the 499 one? The Founders Edition is 599 The 2070s start at 499 Okay. And uh, one of the 499 SKUs is what we took a look at in this review is the EVGA 2070 RTX 2070 Black Edition, which is interesting. It's that's a, what's right there, right? Yes. I like the look right of this card. Of me. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of the same look they've been going for with their other Turing GPUs, this sort of clearer shroud. We can interchange some of the accent parts on uh, the, the dimpled fan with the EVGA logo, which is kind of cool looking. Yeah. But uh, this card is essentially the same as the Founders Edition. It's the reference PCB, which is sort of a shorter PCB, as you see there. Yeah, I had to, like, extend the... Yeah, to fit a, to fit their full cooler on it, they had to kind of extend. Which we've seen in plenty of GPUs in the past. It's usually, like, the GTX 1060. We saw some cards do this. It's not exactly an abnormal thing. We've seen some RX 580s do that as well. Now, compared to the heat output we expect from this thing, like, that's pretty that's a pretty stout cooler. Right? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's... It's a decent amount of surface area. It's yeah, fat bottomed. <laughs> there, there's a lot of thin area. Also, it's, it's three it's, heat uh, pipes, I think. Or, it's yeah, properly two slots, not the yeah. two and a half or exactly. almost three uh, crap we keep seeing. Yeah. One of the other cool things about this card is you get a dual link DVI port as well, which is uh, on the founder's reference layout. If you scroll down, you'll there see we go. So that's so the USB as well? Yeah. Yep. So you have the virtual link, you have two display ports, an HDMI, and a dual link DVI. DVI. Sweet. So you actually get DVI back this time, which oh, yeah, I, I think for certain people will be an, an advantageous thing. You don't have to use if you have a twenty-five by fourteen monitor, one of those career monitors that only have DVI, and you don't have to use an active adapter, which is definitely a bonus. Yeah, to yeah. sell one of those monitors around, or, or if you're still clinging on to like your Dell, yeah, your Dell thirty inch, thirty you know. inch, which we still use plenty of them around here because actually, they're still yeah. pretty great monitors. Yeah. It's still only four simultaneous outputs, though. Uh, I'm not sure. I, I imagine I mean, it hasn't probably. changed. Yeah. Yeah. Does the, uh, I, I will eventually remember the name of this thing. Oh, the display link. Does that virtual count link. as, oh, the virtual link. Does yeah. that uh, count as one of the four channels when w- there is a four channel limit? I would assume so. Okay. So yeah, you I have figured- three monitors and then plug in a VR headset occasionally. Yeah. Uh, that's what I was figuring would be. Oh, but the the sort of other interesting thing about this card and why we picked it out of all the third-party cards we had for sort of our flagship review is that it's running at the 2070 reference speeds. Okay. Which not even the Founders Edition is because this generation NVIDIA has overclocked the Founders Edition by a a small margin. So this is actually running at reference 2070 speeds. And this this, is the EVGA Black Edition. Yes. Which usually... It has some uh, kind of a the black edition is usually kind of the first entry yeah. level okay but i mean I, I don't know i mean i the, the black edition previous... it usually isn't a high-end card now <laughs> right, they also right. have the xc i believe for 550 dollars but this is the base model this is 500 dollars. this is the cheapest option you're going to get 
I mean, honestly, if, especially if you're getting an EVGA card, I would imagine those folks tend to be the ones that are running Precision X anyway, and they're probably at least doing the base overclock. Well, like I mean, simple. overclocking is super easy this, with this generation because you can just kind of hit the one, one click yeah. in Precision X1 or Afterburner and just get the NVIDIA scanner result. Yeah. Which, as we'll see, is actually pretty decent on these cards. Uh, where do you so want to go? So just go ahead and skip to some of the game testing. Okay. Uh, well, do you want to look at Far Cry? That's not a result from this review. That is oh. about the methodology. Oh, that's the intro. Oh, whoops. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, all right. Pick something. Just pick a page and we'll go with it. Okay. That's a good one. Generally, uh, performance isn't very exciting for this launch. It's about 30% faster <laughs> than a 1070, which yep. generation yep. over generation, uh, which... It's actually a pretty small margin if you look at other generation over generations for previous like nine nine hundred series to ten series GPUs. Yeah, yeah. It's usually a bigger margin than that. It does like to be a decent margin over a ten eighty. Yeah, so that's kind of the biggest comparison point here is against the ten eighty. It's about on average across all of the ten. Uh, I think we test nine ten games at this point. It's about ten percent faster than a ten eighty. Uh, it's better at higher resolutions because you have significantly faster memory. Right. Going from GDDR5X to GDDR6. So at 4K, where you're going to be a little more memory bound, you see bigger increases. Mm-hmm. Actually, one of the more interesting data points for this is how competitive Vega is. So Vega 64 falls right into this performance range as well. And it's, it performs very similar to a 1080. So it's about 10, maybe more like 15% off mm-hmm. of the 2080. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but there are certain downsides from that like the vega 64 draws about 100 watts more power is significantly louder and most of the designs you'll see is a bigger card physically what are, what are the vega 64 is going for uh right now about, about the same price about the same 500 ish okay so it's actually sort of an enlightening thing it's a recent gpu launch where amd is actually pretty competitive yeah yeah which is always a positive thing to see i mean all you'd have to you know 100 more watts, like potentially a louder card. I yeah, I mean, it's going to be louder. It's going to be hotter, probably. It's going to be, or if it's not hotter, it's going to be a triple fan design. It's going to be larger and maybe mm-hmm. more difficult to fit in the case. But yeah, if you don't want to go with NVIDIA for certain reasons, Vega 64 is actually still a pretty compelling option at this, what I'm calling above 1080p gaming. So 1440p, 1440p high refresh, beginning of 4K. Mm-hmm. You could do 4K at I'll say medium settings in just about every title and hit at least 60 frames per second. And I think you'll be able to do that for the next couple of years. It's pretty good. So kind of leaves us in a weird position. It's about 10% faster than 1080 for roughly the same price. You can get a third party 1080 at this point. There are a couple of 1080s you can get for like 480, 490, 500, but they're mostly in that low $500 range at the moment on Newegg. So, kind of left with a choice. Do you want to go with the 1080 and have sort of the older architecture, or do you want to go with the 2070? Personally, I think the 2070 would be the better option because you could, we could still see a lot of driver improvements because Turing is a new microarchitecture. There's still probably some performance to be had there. You do have the capability to do the RTX features with the RT cores and the Tensor cores whenever yeah. that maybe shows up in games. We have Windows 10 RS5 shipped now, so you can do the ray tracing. I mean, that's People probably, can ship applications. We still haven't seen any. That's probably a good like, what, third of the die that's not really doing much yet. I mean, we've yeah. never, no one's ever really gotten a solid yeah, number out of that. There's a chunk of 
Sure. There's, there's a chunk, a chunk of, of it that's, that's not really doing anything. You know, that's a, that, that will enable some feature for some games down the line that you won't have on a 1080. Yeah. Right. So, True. although I think that the, one of the themes with this RTX launch, though, is don't buy, I mean, unless you're just, you got the money to blow, don't buy this for ray tracing. No. Yeah. Don't exactly. do you that. can, you can take it. Adv- <laughs> yeah. Whenever it does yeah. come, you can turn it on and see and whatever. But, right. You know, I, I, I didn't coin this. I read this on, I don't know if it was a thread or, or something, but or Twitter, but, you know, somebody said, this is the worst ray tracing card NVIDIA will ever release. Yeah. Absolutely, because Basically. it's their first, yeah. Yeah. and it's only going to get better from mm-hmm. here. And so, yeah. let that market mature before you spend money following that path. Yeah, especially at these higher price points. And if you have like a 1080 now, definitely do not. No, if you have a 1070, if you're shopping for a 1080 right now, yeah, yeah. yeah but if right, you're shopping right. for a 1080 right yeah. now, this is your. If you need you something know. to go above 1080p, but don't want to spend six seven hundred dollars, this is a good option. Yeah. Uh, and if you scroll down a little bit, I think you're on the overclocking page. Uh, yep. We actually got about 200 megahertz overclocked out of this. Imagine that. It hits the same Turing 2 gigahertz limit, essentially. Yeah. With inc- You increase the power target. You essentially increase the voltage as much as you can. And you get just about 2 gigahertz out of all of these cards. Yeah. It seems pretty consistent. Yeah. Now the cooler but this, but this design is kind of what you have bad. to look at. What? It's it's two gig, but it's only running sixty C. Yeah, exactly. Because it's, it's, it's smaller, you know, it's still a two fan cooler on, uh, yeah. you know, on a smaller. Yeah, but you've got you've got a relatively small card. It's quiet. It hits really good temperatures at sort of the maximum overclock you can see from any of these cards. So yeah. I mean, well, it's pretty compelling. What the, the power look like? Was that overclocked here? Or? Uh, no, that's stock state. I'm trying to read the numbers on that chart. It's about 180, I think. Oh, okay. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it, it, well, it was more like 165 with this card, actually. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Hmm. So. Cool. This is kind of the first Turing card I could recommend you buy. The 2080 Ti was a different story because it was the most, it's it's the fastest graphics card you can buy. So I don't really think you should for 1200 bucks, but if that's what you're looking for, it was an option. But the 2070 actually makes sense, and I'll mm-hmm. insert a caveat here, at $500. Once you get to 550 for some of these factory overclocked models or $600 for the founder's edition, it doesn't make any sense anymore. At that point, you should probably buy a 1080, be it on sale or for $500. There's not a hundred dollars worth of performance margin here. There just isn't. Do you happen to know, remember what the background DB is? It's about like... 31.8. It's actually in the, in the next review. Oh, okay. Yeah. So it's, it's about 31 and a half generally in this office. And this is like 32 and a half. Yeah. It's like so, a 1 I mean, dB over background. Your CPU cooler is most likely <laughs> going to be louder than this thing. So there's that. Sound isn't really an issue. Yeah. That's pretty, I mean, just compared to the other cards even, right? Like. Yeah. I mean, that's that's impressive. The other cards are Founders Editions, so they were blowers for the 10 series, which are definitely significantly louder. Yeah. Does this one have the LEDs in there? Or no? You know, uh, the black? No, I don't think so. I don't think it does. Okay. No. So this is obviously sort of a no-frills card yeah. to hit that $500 price point, but I still think it's a really good card, and I don't really care about any of the compromises. I don't care about LEDs well, or I, the temperature sensors on the card. But I think the logo lights up maybe at the top. I honestly can't remember. I'm trying to remember. Anyway. So, I mean, if you're looking for something to do 25 by 14 or lower-end 4K, I, I, I do think this is a really good option. As is the next card we're going to take a look at, mm-hmm. which is the second third-party 
RTX 2070 we looked at. Uh, it's a similar similar sort of story here. This is from MSI. See RTX 2070 armor. That cooler looks familiar. I mean, their design is yeah, very the MSI. The twin frozer, yeah, sort of design. Yeah, I think they're up aesthetic. to like seven now. I don't even know if they number them <laughs> anymore. Look uh, how tall that thing is, though. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, so we'll get to that. There's a image a little lower that shows it off. Uh, so this is a factory overclock card. It's running at I think about I don't know 50 megahertz faster than reference out of the box. Yeah, it's like a good. It's inch. an inch and a half taller, which is actually kind of a deal to fit into some smaller form factor cases. If you're looking at like mid tower cases, right. sometimes the clearance between the case window or the side panel and the end of the PCI bracket doesn't allow for an extra inch and a half, two inches. Uh, it does add a six pin power connector, which doesn't really get you a whole lot. You're still going to have the same. Essentially the same power target. I think it's a little higher on this MSI card because of the custom PCB design. Mm-hmm. But it does allow you to spread out the load, which if you have a multi-rail PSU design could be advantageous. Right? If We'll look at the uh, power results a little later, but it kind of caps at drawing 100 watts from the 8-pin, and then the rest of the slag is taken up by the 6-pin. Hmm. So it, you're doing a little more load balancing, whatever. I mean, is there, is there going to be really a matter. realistic case where someone's going to look at purchasing one of these and not have the available auxiliary PCI pins on their power supply? Maybe. I don't yeah. think so. I, I think I think if your power supply has one connector, it's probably going to be a dual 8, 6 plus 2 Yeah, sort of I mean, thing. I, I but, picked up like a, a 400 watt yeah. this week, and it, it also had two 8 pins on it. It's like, yeah. is, is a single pin, 8 pin PSU a thing anymore? Probably I mean, not, but yeah. I, I mean, there's if you're a lot buying of a custom machine. It could well be. Yeah. Yeah. I think it makes sense. Fine. Just like the Threadripper motherboards where you've got the extra 12 volt plugs that you don't need. But if you're going to push it, it's a good idea to have. Yeah. Yeah. But in this case, you have to have them plugged in. So yes. is the thing. Yeah. I mean, I, I actually, I didn't test not having the six pin plugged in. I don't think it will work. Yeah. But, usually they don't. Yeah. Usually it doesn't work that way. I get that it gets pissy because there's no ground on it. Yeah. Well, sometimes the like. I mean, if <sighs> they have current sensing shunts on there, so it's going to kind of freak out. If right. It doesn't detect yeah. anything. Well, not just that, but sometimes they're they're not all going into the same plane. Yeah. Can uh, you in stick the card, a paper so. clip into it? And test it? <laughs> oh sure. <laughs> Brilliant advice. Uh, from the performance side, it's about a one to three percent increase over that uh, EVGA card we just talked about. And that's because it has a base overclock, right? Yeah, it has a slightly higher clock. If you if you scroll down, I uh, could take a look at the stock clock speed. So it's about fifty megahertz faster than the EVGA card was in stock configuration. Stock config, it's like right oh, at eighteen hundred. Yeah, from the looks of Whereas it. Whereas EVGA card was in the mid to low seventeen hundred. So you know, a decent amount of gain there. Yeah, it's like three percent. Yeah, <laughs> or so. Yeah, weird. <laughs> Uh, this is the power breakdown I was talking about. You can see the green is the eight pin connector, and I think the red is the or no, the blue is the six pin. So it's just it's essentially so that's running like right at one eighty. Yeah, so it's about the, about ten fifteen watts higher, which again makes sense with clock speed scaling. Yeah, yeah. Uh, not, not a whole big deal. It what's, what's the max that those will go power draw wise when I you do overclock them? Like when you crank everything up? Is it? Oh, you know, I pulled that power, but it. Haven't actually looked at the probably number. Probably like around 200 or something. Yeah, or? It's, it's not going to be a whole lot more. Yeah. So, well, it's 114% power target was increased, so 14% Okay, more so whatever, 14%. Of, so, yeah, yeah, it's probably around 200. Yeah. Uh, it overclocked to about the same 
uh, level, if you scroll back up to that chart, you can see. But oh, it, yeah, 2 gigahertz. It actually hit an even 2 gigahertz, which, again, yeah. is about 50 megahertz faster than the EVGA card in an overclock state. So that's really what we're looking at That's interesting, at though, because usually the, the, the tend to just top out at the same. I, I don't think the reference PCB has a power target of the same level. Oh, okay. I think it's slightly higher on the custom PCBs. Gotcha. To explain it. It is running a little a little hotter at 65, which is still absolutely nothing to worry about. Right. Uh, yeah. All, all is said and done, in an overclocked state, this actually ends up, at least in 3D Mark, which is kind of the one performance benchmark I ran to verify numbers, it's about 25% faster than a 1080. Mm-hmm. Now, that's a stock founder's 1080, not a retail overclock 1080, which is what you'd find in the market now. Right. But you start to open up the gap a little more if you overclock these cards, and they've got... The headroom, they got 200 megahertz headroom. They run fine. They run cool. There's no reason not to. Just go into your overclocking software and hit the one button, drag the power target up, and that's and all hit you apply. did for, for either of these, right? Yeah, you that's just... actually kind of all I've been doing for overclocking testing because we yeah. hit that two gigahertz limit. So yeah. it's kind of pointless to. Yeah, I mean, do you a might you more. might be able to squeeze some more out of it, but yeah. you know, <laughs> and the way that overclocking, uh, the built-in overclocking works though is it's doing other like it backs off where it sees. Yeah, it's actually tuning the entire curve, so it's not just a flat offset, voltage offset. So it's actually at every point in the in the voltage frequency curve, it's kind of tuning it. Right, right. So but not just that, it actually back, it's it's doing like a computational workload, mm-hmm. and it backs off uh, even before like if you were manually doing an overclock and only pushing it until either you got a crash or like saw artifacts or something like that. Like, yeah, this is actually not gonna you know it'll even give you a little more margin over that because it's trying to you know it'll back off before it gets computational errors, which mm-hmm. you might not translate to something you saw yeah. even. So, which is cool. Yeah. A uh, lot of the reviews that I sort of saw, you know, peg it, it if you can get a 1080 overclock to about the same extent as a 2070, they're, they're close enough to be equal, you know, you, yeah. plus two or 3%, yeah. except in a couple of cases where all of a sudden the, the 2070 does jump ahead mm-hmm. uh, in a couple of the games in 4k, it just likes better. But the argument that I sort of think, and you just brought up, is yeah. But the twenty seventy makes that hitting that overclock so much easier. Yeah, you're, you're not fiddling. You're just going boop and waiting ten minutes. Oh yeah, is it ten? <clears throat> how long is it? Uh, ten fifteen minutes, I'd say. Oh really? Yeah, I thought it was faster than that. Or now something. I will say the tools, like the EVGA Precision X one and Afterburner, aren't great yet. I ran a couple of stability issues. With the NV scanner on this product, I think they might need to be updated. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, your mileage may vary a little bit there, but I mean, I did get it to work. So, okay. It wasn't that difficult. Those tools, both of them have a history of like, if it's a new feature, they're quickly updated. Well, it's that, not a problem. Yeah. But they also have a, a history of being flaky when there is a new feature that <laughs> yeah. was added to them. Yeah. All right. So, gold award for that one. Yeah. Be- between this and the EVGA card, I mean, this card, actually, actually, if you cut to the wide shot, Alex, you can see them next to each other. The MSI card here is substantially bigger. It's it's a little longer, has that tall PCB. It's about an inch and a half taller. Be a little more difficult to fit in smaller form factor cases, yeah. but does provide a little bit extra performance benefit for the same $500 price. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of a preference there on sort of what form factor you want. Like that, the EVGA one's a little slimmer. The MSI one has an RGB LED on the MSI logo, logo. so, you know, yeah. there's that. Yeah. But 
it's it's nice to see two well thought out five hundred dollar options. Yeah, it's worth noting the MSI card does come in an overclocked version, a overclocked factory overclocked version for fifty dollars more. I mean, but probably, as far as I know, the hardware is the same. Yeah, so don't buy that. Yeah, you're probably just going to buy this one and overclock it, right? Because you'll end up probably hitting the same numbers. Yeah, yeah. Now I'm pretty sure it's the same custom PCB and everything. So yeah. Okay, that's the RTX 2070 thus far. It's not exciting, but if you're looking at about 1080 perf, just buy one of these instead. Uh, unless, you, yeah. unless you see a really good sale on the 1080, then buy that, right? It's buy whatever fits your wallet better. Makes sense. All right, up next, uh, well, we can talk about some of the thing that Josh was was at. I guess there's an ARM processor in that in that dog. Maybe. Yeah, There's got to be a reason that dog was on the stage where he was at, and they're talking about mm-hmm. ARM stuff. So I would imagine maybe there's... maybe There's, there's got to be at least an ARM processor, probably about 15. <laughs> yeah. All the sensors that are on that Boston <laughs> yeah, yeah, Dynamics. Yeah, yeah. Probably every sensor <laughs> is connected to an ARM processor. <laughs> um, so ARM unveils Neoverse infrastructure, which admittedly I have not read about before we started recording the show. Has anybody... Tell me out, guys. I mean, we anybody cannot look through it, and it, it seems like this is—it's a multi-segment launch. Yeah, it seems. You know, it's and, a multi-year as well. Okay, so it's like a new branding, right? Neoverse, obviously. There, mm-hmm. it's their answer to the idea of IoT and cloud compute and bringing compute power to the edge everywhere. It's it's sort of a roadmap for. <laughs> That includes solutions going from network switches all the way up to servers, essentially. This thing kills me with the bring compute power to the edge. You mean like how it used to be before we had the internet? Just saying. We didn't have any compute power then. I mean, relative, (laughs) you know, like, yeah. Well, edge computing and local client computing, I I do too. I really do. It's, yeah, it's sort of closed I mean, they needed a word other than cloud, right? Like, so, I guess edge. Well, now you have parts of the cloud. And, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Whatever. But, hey, the market desires and the market <clears throat> will provide. So, arm saw market, so they're providing. And this is really cool, I think. You know, they have multi-generations. They have scaling from, you know, embedded, single core, single channel, you know, no cache devices all the way up to, what is it, 128 core with eight controllers. Mm-hmm. I the, to take a single, well, AMD just did it, but you know, to take a single platform and scale it that wide and that tall is really impressive. Yeah, and I mean, they you know, because you used to always think of uh, whenever you think ARM, it'd be like some you know really low power small thing in some IoT device or something, right? Like generally speaking, like some small ARM. CPU, but they're yeah. Except they were bringing Cisco up on a bunch of other people, so I mean, there's obvious partnerships going on where they're going to show up in stuff you're not expecting, right? And like, they, I don't even remember what it is, but they, they sell more processors than everyone else combined by several orders of magnitude. It's just that they've always been very low power until recently. Can't help but notice this yeah. I/O block here with a uh, hundred yeah. gig plus. 
that Ethernet. was that caught my eye because they were talking about doing embedded switch hardware, which yeah. I assumed was talking about supervisors. Maybe. But then they're talking a hundred gig in Ethernet on the platform, which Yeah, that's are, Ethernet, not just the backplane, not just the fabric of a switch. Yeah, yeah. Are are they trying to push into like the embedded controller area as I don't well? know. I I suspect I, so. Yeah. And the, the the newer generations of Cisco's are so compartmentalized now. Mm-hmm. It's just it's craziness. So I could totally see them taking advantage of that for some of the, the, the virtual networking is just mad. Like you, you just set up and turn on entire blocks of your network with a single command, as opposed to building them up, yeah, mm-hmm. or turning them on and off. And I could totally see ARM sitting there as the processor that's handling all of that. And then leaving heavy working, heavy lifting for other people for a while, but you know, not forever. Because you know, you look at some of the what is it, Zeus by twenty twenty one is probably going to be insane. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the other really nice thing, because uh, every time I hear Internet of Things, I cringe on the inside. <laughs> secure ARM has been secure from the beginning, and they're not going to give it up. Uh, Trust Zone and Crypto Island are the two that they've been pushing for a while now. And, you know, each individual key is separate. There's no master key like you will find on every other bloody platform. <laughs> and and they, they take it deeply seriously. So there is some hope if, if ARM does manage to take over the, the bigger ones that we're not going to see some of the ridiculousness we are now. Hopefully. Because otherwise, yeah, you're you're not going to be allowed back in your house ever again. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, let's see. What do we have? What up next? News. We got any ads this week? No, I guess I'm not. Wait. All right. News item: Radeon Adrenaline. Call of Duty. What? Odd liver oil. Oh, sorry, Jeremy. Alan, Alan doesn't appreciate your witty Anyone? I, yeah, I'm just, I thought it was punny. It is punny. Cutlops, I, 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 I. Yeah. <laughs> How stupid. Okay, so what'd they add with this? Uh, fixes for Fortnite, Sea of Thieves, tweaks yeah, to Vulcan. And if you're on an RX uh, 664 or 580, you're going to get uh, a, a noticeable boost uh in your cod blopsing wait is it is this the one that's going to make everything better for vega (laughs) (laughs) define better well sure why not yeah it's the one where the the vega 56 is gonna just you know slaughter a 1080 ti yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. strangely that the 56 doesn't get mentioned in this update at all they're saving that for the next version Uh, roger had that code and he took it with yeah (laughs) Wait for Navi. Okay. Uh, what do I got next? Next up, Noctua. Oh, Threadripper cooler. Wait a minute. I thought they already had Threadripper coolers. Uh, well, they do. Yeah. Okay. I think I think somebody recently might have personal experience with one of these. Yeah, it's true. Uh, I like yeah. this U14S. It's it's ridiculously quiet and huge. But that's not what this one is, right? Uh, no, that's the uh, NHU9. Oh. That's the small one. It's so tiny. Oh, yeah. It does have the smaller <laughs> fans. Okay. I don't remember. It's so tiny, Kyle could only fit two dims in his mouth. <laughs> <laughs> but the reason that it's interesting, because, yeah, these guys have been out for a bit. 
but Threadripper 2 hasn't. Right. So because of the way that Threadripper works, it's aiming for a temperature and it will do whatever it can with provision boost to stay running at that temperature, mm-hmm. be it backing down power, backing down frequencies. So yeah, surprisingly enough, all of the coolers maintained about 68 degrees because that's it's, what Threadripper it's wants. It's almost nice. But did the performance change with this one? Like so that was what was interesting is, well, how the hell do we benchmark them now? Right. <laughs> and so what Kyle was looking at uh, was sustained clocks and uh, power draw. Mm-hmm. So as opposed to looking at the temperature, which is what we've always been looking at, uh, and the you know the cooler that makes it the coolest and the quietest is the winner. In this case, it's no, it's the one that can maintain clocks on Precision Boost too. So the charts look very different, and it's it's going to be a little bit interesting benchmarking different coolers on these because you know you're actually not going to be looking at temperature at all. Also interesting that like I wonder what that does to your fan curve because like usually your fan curve is based on temperature. But if the platform just hits a temperature, so I guess on... on like, you just set it to max out five degrees guess, under the target. Or the Threadripper platform is doing something more intelligent with, like, I mean, it would depend load. on the motherboard. You right, right, right. right. I just wonder if a lot of the motherboards are going to have a header that's smart enough to do that. And, I mean, that was part of his testing was, okay, what happens if I set the fan to 100? Right, right, right. right. And refuse to let it go down? Yeah. 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 Not much. To know, like, which A boards. little bit, but not much. Oh, okay. Mm. Hmm. I did look it up, and this is the U9 is actually the one that we used in our Threadripper Plex server, which has been going for a year and a half now. Yeah, we, we hit that CPU hard too. Oh yeah, with multiple transcodes, lots and lots of transcodes yeah. all the time. That thing definitely like, works. No it, problems. All of our public domain content being yeah. being transcoded across uh, lots of copies of Big yeah. Buck Bunny. Yeah, well, mm-hmm. there, there's lots something definitely to be said about the simplicity of an air cooler. Yes, yeah. they just keep running and when they stop running you know it because they start screaming <laughs> the worst thing you have to do is replace a fan or two yeah well, and, <laughs> but in the case of noctua fans like you're probably exactly you're probably not gonna you're probably not gonna have to replace those for a very <laughs> but very long time it's still time. the only moving part that can go bad as opposed to a pump that you can't fix or coolant that evaporates i still have nightmares of when my ek uh you know that all-in-one they were selling for a while that yeah. you, could, you could then yep. expand? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I didn't expand it. I left it as an all-in-one, and sure. then I came downstairs one day to see it dripping all over the top of my Titan. Oh, no. Oh, dear. Womp, womp. Something similar happened to me, and that's what led to me, like, unwater cooling my machine. Yeah. Just like And honestly, unless you know what the hell you're doing and are building a custom one, the temperature difference is not that big. It's air cool. When, this this is our new thing. We talked about this last week. Air coolers are generally quieter at this point. Yeah. If you're not doing custom work. All yep, ones within are a couple of degrees of performance and half the price. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, at this point, like, you know, usually the pump makes noise, you know, and then if you're doing your own water cooling, usually there's some sort of flow noise you get too compared to yeah. these cards that are just. Like, especially the CPU cores like this. I mean, like I mean this custom and, loop is probably going to be better than a lot of air coolers. Oh, absolutely. That's yeah, a lot. Yeah, I mean, it'll, it'll, get you, it'll get you to far lower temperatures, but the, the point is, is like, is it good enough? You know? Oh, yeah, absolutely. So, well, right. if you ask Maury, absolutely. <laughs> but I think he's the only one of us doing custom water coolers at the, this point. Right. Yeah. Okay. Uh, what is this, Jeremy? Oh, man, it's a cell phone for your yet. cell phone. Cell phone for your cell phone? It's adorable. Yeah. 
is adorable. That's a and tiny it's a palm phone. It's actually a palm palm. It's a palm palm. Well, well, it's, it's got the it's, name Palm. Yeah, it's got yeah, the name, and it's made by Palm. So, well, sorry guys, but those guys buy it's made them. by the current. It's, uh, it's made by the owners of the trademark. Okay. Yeah, the current TCL. holders of the Palm. No, TCL sold it to these guys. This oh. is a startup. oh, that's right. Sorry, you're right. Yeah, I, got the <laughs> I mean, it's 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 cute looking. So this is like um, I wonder how big that dude's hand actually is. This is like a three inch phone. Three and a half inch phone or something like that. Holy crap. It's essentially a smartwatch on steroids. Yeah. It's meant as a, it's only being sold through Verizon. It's an extra $10 on your data plan and it shares your main phone's phone number. (laughs) Really? The idea being that a lot of people have thousand dollar phones now that you don't want to necessarily take in a lot of situations. You don't want to. Take it like if you're going hiking, you probably don't want to take your thousand dollars. It's about no, this I, big. I, yeah, yeah. I mean, that, no, I thought your thousand yeah. dollar phone you're supposed to drop on the ground at least yep. once every day. Well, yeah, yeah. But it, That's it's kind tiny. of like there are multiple ideas <laughs> of like I don't know. You could unplug and take this simpler phone, which you won't really want to use, which doesn't make a whole lot of sense because it's a full Android phone and has all these damn apps and could have all these <laughs> notifications on it. I think they do have a mode that like silences notifications. Or something like that. That they do have some like distraction-free mode. But let's say you went out drinking a lot and were very clumsy and had a six and a half inch, twelve hundred dollar phone mm-hmm. that you didn't want to drop. Mm-hmm. Maybe you get one of these. It's like three, three hundred fifty bucks for the device, and then ten bucks a month, which is too much. If you're an iPhone wait, wait, user, you won't get your iMessages on this device. You'd only get SMS. Yeah, it's another ten dollars on top of the other phone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right from Verizon. It's an add-on. It's like a smartwatch. Yeah, it's, it's like what you're saying. Like connected smartwatch. So it has its own SIM and its own data plan. It's it probably shares your data plan and your phone number from your main yeah. phone. Yeah. Okay. So it's probably like a smartwatch style eSIM thing. Mm. Yes. Yeah, probably. You know, it's. An interesting concept. I it's don't in need or want one. Well, uh, I don't. I don't. Please, Jim. I mean, let's be honest. Somebody might buy it. kind of what? It's dead in the water. Oh yeah, yeah no one's going to buy this. Yeah. It's an interesting concept, but no one's going to buy it. Sure. I mean, for for all the things you made arguments that this would make sense to, a thirty dollar feature phone also applies. But it doesn't have your phone number unless you swap sims. Well, as yeah. We go towards eSIMs and everything. That, but, that's the main advantage to this is yeah. it shares your phone number. Right. That's the only thing it has, really. And and at a much lower price, it would have a chance of attracting mm-hmm. an audience. Yeah. But at that price, yeah. plus the full $10 additional fee on your wireless bill, man, I don't but know. But it says Palm yeah. on it. I mean, that's the price yeah, of a but smartwatch. How many, how many kids nowadays using their iPhones even remember Palm? Well, no one. Yeah. No one. They're not the ones money. That's the issue with Palm. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And someone's going to buy it and hack it to get it to run WebOS or yeah. WebOS. <laughs> Still uh, just uh, because. Yeah. Right it's in an interesting thing that came out of nowhere. Yeah. I mean, if Apple did this, I bet it'd be successful. But oh I don't think some third party can do this. I think Apple could pitch it to Apple people. But I don't think. All right. That's a shot. Next. Uh, do not track. Jeremy. That's right. Do not track me. Yes. But tell us more about do not track. Oh, it's coming to absolutely no shock to anyone (laughs) who actually knows what the hell is going on on the web. Uh, It's a little 
feature that was included, literally a DNT equals one or zero uh, in your metadata. And in theory, a website was supposed to honor this and say, oh, this guy doesn't want to be tracked, so we're not going to track him and send him targeted advertising. Strangely enough, advertising-based websites seem to have completely ignored it. This, of course, is completely and desperately shopping, or shocking to every single person on the planet. Mm-hmm. And for the most part, I mean, it, it wasn't even enabled. I mean, it was something you could turn on if you really felt like it on one of your, on your various browsers. Uh, Mozilla's gotten sort of pissy and is going to do a more aggressive style one, uh, which is maybe not the best solution, but sort of understandable as to why you would do it. Uh, and I mean, but, but it was existed on Safari. It existed on, uh, IE and Google, who was sort of pushing it for a little bit in Chrome, obviously doesn't honor it in any way, shape or form, but was kind of pushing it as something that, uh, they were including to help wait, you wait, out. Wait, one part of Google didn't talk, talk to the other part of Google. Hmm. You shocked. know, it's weird, eh? <laughs> Well, I, think too, I think all the browsers that did offer it as a end user option, none of them did a very good job explaining what was happening. Like in Safari, it's just enable do not track, yes or no. Well, because they didn't. Well, I don't want to be tracked because right, they but, didn't know. Like the browsers didn't even know what yet because it's implemented on the other end. No, I understand, but but they mm. weren't even explaining to the user that this like this is something we're going to set in your profile that yeah. needs to be honored on the other side. That was never really explicitly made <laughs> yeah. clear to. To the average user, of course. I mean, right? Um, not yeah, not shocking, not uh, not surprising, but but, but disappointing. I, it's interesting because it's we were talking about this before the podcast. You know, there's this. You know, when you're on the web and you're requesting resources from someone's server, there's you know you're requesting it, and there's no strings attached. You know, there's content negotiation, language, all that other stuff. That's fine. But there's nothing in the technical protocol that says, you know, you have to rely or at least adhere to the user's request about how you handle that request data. Or even accept it. Yeah. There's no response code for do not track fail. You know, uh, I mean, there's what, 418, I'm a teapot, and four, what was the other one we found? 450? Uh, Yeah, it might have been, no, uh, was it 429 maybe? Illegal. 418 or, is I'm a little teapot? Yeah, 418 yep. is I'm a little teapot. Uh, <laughs> Back when the internet used to be funny. <laughs> yeah. But actually, that's part of a sub-protocol over HTTP, but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> um, but there's also one uh, banned due to legality, which is like, uh, oh, it's a 459? I don't know. Oh, sure. Uh, what temperature does the book 451? Yeah, uh, yeah. That's it. So, but, I mean, if you send a DNT on the request and on the other side they ignore it, there's no repercussion. And there's been some legal arguments to make this part of the protocol, but, I mean, how often does legislating protocols actually work? <laughs> Never. And I can just see, you know, the the, the user uh, access guy on the other end going, well, no, I mean, that's going to slow things down if we have to actually read that metadata and have some sort of response. It's, it's not going to streamline the experience of the user. You've got to get rid of it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Uh, next up, I think, lastly, uh, 
Discord. What's Discord doing? Game store. Gaming. Well, game store and a game subscription service. Interesting. It's actually some really cool titles on this. I clicked you expecting sheer and utter crap and was quite impressed. Uh, Click on Discord so that you can get to Discord's uh, yeah, Nitro. Nitro. Mm-hmm. This is the streaming. Right. Is it streaming or is it just a subscription service? Well, sorry, it's a subscription okay. service, but they refer to Thank streaming because, well, you have to. So it's it's uh, like an Xbox Game Pass. You download yeah. the yeah. games. Hmm. As just the singular escalation, someone could finally try to play that game, so I just benchmark <laughs> it, I guess. <laughs> I, hear, I hear it's a game. Interesting. But I mean, Shadow Tactics is... Calciv 3. Psychonauts is in there? Trine 3. Mm-hmm. Psychonauts is a good game. So, Metro Westlight Redux. Trine 2. Torchlight 2. Yeah. There's there's a lot of cool stuff here. Limbo. Inside is, Boy. A, Inside is a cool game. Rollercoaster Tycoon 2. System Shock 2. Man. <laughs> 10 bucks a month. Keep going. Almost there. Where, where am I going? Ooh. Oh, the original System Shock. Oh, it's uh, almost good. Enhanced. Like on arts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Odd world. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Man. Oh, they're not showing it for you. It's got Brutal Legend. Oh, wow. Really? <laughs> <laughs> Never played Brutal Legend. <laughs> you Now you can. Yeah. Ten bucks for a month. You don't have to sign up for the year. <laughs> One forty. Don't need to play that. Oh, it does look right up my alley. What was that? I pay N plus. Oh, N plus very plus. similar to that. Yeah, yeah. and uh, Tiny Heroes. Tiny Heroes is a really good one. There they are. Yeah, there's Brutal Legend. Doesn't look dated <laughs> at all. Kind of reminds me of was that Lucas Arts game with a. Biker dude. Full throttle. Full throttle. Yeah. yeah, that one actually had a bit of a story, well, though. This is a Tim Schafer game. <laughs> Full throttle had a hilarious story. Yes, it did. All right. Okay. Uh, well, I guess we'll move into the picks, even though that was kind of a pick. <laughs> uh, let me open the picks. There was a lot going on this last week, mostly centered around the RTX 2070. Yep. So there's a lot of work that was done, just not a lot of unique uh, topics that we were putting the show together. Yeah. There's some. I mean, there's some other stuff like the Huawei phone stuff, but which is kind of interesting, like the P20. I think. I know I can never keep up with their the Mate 20 Pro. I think I can never keep up with their phone names. Um. All right, picks. Alex, you got a pick or no? I do not. Okay. Womp womp. Womp womp. Uh, so my pick. These things are cheap. Uh, just have flashlights in your house. If you don't like have flashlights, you know, got a flashlight in my pocket. I mean, you never know when the power is going to go out. See, there you go. Ken's thinking. He's got a flashlight in his pocket. These are pretty cheap. He's he can he's SOSing. Whoa. <laughs> out yep, of the podcast over there. Uh, these are cheap, like nine bucks. You get two of them. They just take a double A battery. Yeah, 
They're decent. I definitely have a couple of those exact. It's a very common with different names yeah. on them around. Yeah. How much is the four pack? <laughs> eh, it's like exactly twice as much as a two pack. Actually, it's a little it's, cheaper. Yeah, it's a little cheaper. Anyway, uh, you know, get get a couple of flashlights, put some batteries in them, leave them in a couple of strategic places in your house for you one know. in your car. Uh, yeah, have yeah. one in your car. You never know when you're going to need that on the side of the road, and when you're, you're I, I guarantee you, the flashlight on your phone is not going to be sufficient when you're trying to <laughs> like troubleshoot something under the hood of your car. Most likely, yeah, and need um, more than three minutes. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Uh, now I've broken my phone. It's my only lifeline here on the side see, of the yes, road. There you go. Um, I got just, that pom pom in the glove box, but I didn't activate the damn uh, subscription. Yeah, just you know. Something handy to have around uh, for safety's sake or just for needing to see stuff in tight spaces. In the dark. Anyway, uh, next up. So let's get into that season. Oh, is this you or is this Jeremy? It's me. Apparently, it's not for sale anymore. Not for Uh sale anymore. Mm, That's disappointing. Oh. Uh, A couple months ago, I bought this. Well, it's just available from the seller, so there might be... Yeah, click on that real quick. Okay, let's see what we got. Fancy-looking arm. No, that's, no that's, that's, that's too expensive. Oh. Uh, I'm sure it'll come back in stock at some point. Okay. It was a pretty regular thing when I bought it. Uh, this was a $19 articulating monitor arm. It's on wow, my desk that's... currently for a uh, quaternary monitor <laughs> off to the side. Yeah. Ken has all the monitors. Yeah. I mean, it's not bad. It does everything I want it to. You can't can't fit like a thirty inch cold cathode display on there. It's Those USB only, ports. Uh, Looks like it. I guess it might have a USB hub. I've never noticed if mine does or not. I guess that's for if your monitor had the USB. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, mine didn't come with any USB cables or anything, mm. so I don't know. Hmm. What I mean, let let's be honest. It's not the most well built thing in the world, but once you Kind of clamp it onto your desk. It comes with a different, a couple of different desk mounts, like a like a screw in one and a clamp one. <laughs> so you attach your desk and you get your monitor on there with the Visa mount, and you kind of get it cinched in and tightened up. It you're, works you're not fine. Gonna, yeah, you're not going to do anything. So else it's with an it. arm you can mount on the edge. <laughs> exactly the edge. Cool. It's the next thing. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I got a, I have a little bit of sag out of it with the current 27-inch monitor I have, but that... I think that's just because you'd need to adjust them. Yeah, and that monitor also has a stainless steel frame. <laughs> oh. We'll talk about that in a couple of weeks. Yeah. <laughs> but, that that yeah. is a cool monitor. <laughs> yeah. These these things are cheap now. There are a couple of different options to look on Amazon, so just kind of the, guess the general pick is, if you've kind of been thinking about a monitor arm, just go look. Like, like 20 bucks, you can get... A pretty good monitor arm. I know Amazon, at least at one point, was selling one of their own, like Amazon Basics branded yeah. ones, but it was still probably three times that price. Yeah, I, there's a mono price one that I think's a bit more expensive, but it like wasn't in stock at the time when I was ordering it, so I just ordered this one. You know, again, it's not a very complex thing, so it either works or it doesn't. Well, you just got to watch that weight limit to make sure yeah. it's got enough tension to yeah, keep it. Yeah, de- definitely elevated. don't overload it. All right, uh, next up. Jim, I think. What about Jeremy? Oh, is this Jeremy's pick? Uh, I don't know. What is it? What's the pick? What's the pick? Oh, I didn't uh, see. Yeah, oh, you skipped Jeremy. Oh, okay. oh, I skipped. oh, I couldn't see your screen. Why don't okay. I? So, Sorry, Jeremy. You, you just don't like Star Wars. Just obviously. do Jim's pick. Okay. 
Damage pack. Here we go. Well, fine. We're just going to do that then. Well, we already showed it. <laughs> there there it is. Now I can see it. Okay. So I bought my first wireless charger because it's R- time. Oh. Uh, and I was looking, like any good Apple customer, I was uh, waiting so uh, eagerly for air power. Yeah, right. And like that's <laughs> ever going to happen. Apparently. I wonder how many engineers got fired when that kind of blew up. <laughs> uh, but uh, I was looking for something just just simple. It doesn't need to be ultra fast. But you know, this is seven point five watts, so it's not the full ten, I guess. But uh, this is it's thirty bucks. It's Anchor, which is a you know it's a good brand that we like. Um, I got it in two weeks ago, and it's been working great. It you know works with the iPhone XS, like XS ten S, mm-hmm. um, and uh, it's just a, it's a basic, nice. It's sturdy on the desk. The phone sits well in the little cradle it's got and uh keeps it charged throughout the day when i'm here at the office and then i have to worry about it uh, at night so it's a good cheap reliable option for medium power wireless charging i guess you'd call that yeah yeah so you need to bring your own wall ward adapter it looks like yeah it's uh, just uh, it's, yep. it's much more useful to be in the stand form factor though, than the pads i have it's like, well, and much more useful than just a plain old stand. Yeah. yeah. All right. That's foreign object detection. So, you know. Then we've got Jeremy. I don't know if I want to talk about what it anymore. I, what am I doing Jeez. over here? It's a list of Well, I couldn't get the Star Wars filter going, so I just went to the page. Oh, okay. But all of their fun little Star Wars BB-9s and... The uh, speeder bike, X-Wing, and TIE Fighter Advance, so the, the battling ones that have like the little sensor and laser on them so that you can actually fly around and shoot each other. So They're all 60 bucks. Sale ends 18th, so that's tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah, it's just a quick little sale that they're having. But if you got a kid on your uh, shopping list that likes it, yeah, that's Star or Wars. if you're a kid still that kind of likes this sort of thing, and you're in Canada, boom. Grab, uh, pop by Best Buy, order it online, do whatever you feel like. Star Wars uh, R2 droid is usually much more expensive than that. That's even Canadian rupees. Uh, Yeah. A Teddy Ruxpin costs $100? I don't know, Canadian dollars. But still. It's like $5. It's an animatronic reading bear, Jim. Was it still powered by a cassette tape in his back? I hope so. That has a terrifying mechanism that scars (laughs) young children? (laughs) I think that's what you got to pay extra for. Oh. Hmm. All right. Man, those things used to be way more expensive than that. Oh, yeah. Even with the sale. Huh. Oh, yeah. Last year, they were 199 That's true. No Star Wars movie this December. Got to sell that merch mm-hmm. on discount. Deep, deep discount. Yeah, that's true. Just keep Ryan Johnson away from my franchise. Good luck with that, Jim. Mm-hmm. All right. I guess that's it. Uh, PCP.com slash podcast. That's where you can find the show notes. All the things we talked about. All the picks, all the other things, and uh, Twitter.com slash PCPer, or Twitter.com slash Malventano if it's early Thursday and you want to shoot me a storage-related question for the mailbag. Anyway, uh, with that, I would say good night and see you next week.